Coming live from Los Angeles, California, USA is our guest this evening. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Hers Refun, writer, brand storyteller, message therapist, comedian, and co-founder of the Kosher brand. Welcome to the show, Hirsch. Thank you, AJ. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for taking our time for the KJ Masterclass Live. Hirsch, firstly, you know, I just was curious to ask you, and let me ask it for the audiences. You call yourself a message therapist. What does exactly that mean? Well, that, yeah, that, that occurs to me because... Um, what I do is more than write. You know, sometimes people will hire a writer or a brand storyteller, even they'll say, uh, to get their message out. But I think what I do really more than anything is I talk to people about their brand, about their personality, about what the brand means to them. And in some cases, they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, I don't I'm not breaking through to the audience I want to reach. And I feel like my my brand isn't being um, isn't being perceived the way I want. And so I'm talking through the problems that they're having, trying to reach their audience. And it feels a lot like therapy because I won't just write something. I won't write anything that isn't true. So I feel they need to wrestle sometimes with the truth about their brand. And it involves some work. It involves rolling up our sleeves and talking through it. So I felt like message therapy is really what what they need in many cases. Sometimes the the creative uh, messaging they're using isn't working. So I feel okay. We need to talk a little more about that. Right, right, Harsh. Uh, now, Harsh, you have spent you know quite a number of years, two decades as a uh, in, in comedy and advertising and as a message therapist and as a stand-up comedian playing gigs across the USA. And, you know, empathy and accessibility are the hallmark of your work. You also host a podcast, Truth Tastes Funny podcast. And now, you know, you have also got this uh, Yes brand, and with this you are helping founders and CEOs tackle branding challenges with humor and humanity. Humor, I understand. Where does humanity come in terms of branding and messaging that's that's a really insightful question aj thank you because the the truth is that um branding is about connecting so if you're funny you know if you have do funny copywriting and it hits a certain mark and it has a certain uh, impact that's great but how do we get there and what makes comedy work? What makes comedy work is reality. In other words, we we laugh at things because they're true. We laugh at, the, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That, and we relate to it. So relating is why we even use comedy to break the ice. If we're if we're meeting somebody for the first time and we're a little bit nervous, we're breaking the ice by making a joke. That's what it's that's what it's all about. So humanity is first and foremost the tool that we're really grasping for. It's just that sometimes we use comedy. So uh, 
I may be called upon often to write stories or ads or content that isn't particularly funny, but it connects and it's human and it's about our our um, our foibles, our our fallibility as human beings. So sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's just very human. Right, right, Harsh. Now talking of uh, humor and a comedian. So for brands to, you know, uh, include humor as part of their messaging, uh, do they need a comedian for that? Or is it that every, uh, why I'm asking this is a lot of people do not, uh, are not that fortunate enough to associate with a comedian in their company or in their somebody who is uh, planning about their messaging. But they still need to bring in that humor in case that is needed because that's the, as I said, a great tool to break the ice. So to learn it from a grand storyteller, a message therapist and a comedian who knows about these things, what can you share with us for our audience who may be uh, individuals also who are trying to build their brand, how can they get humor into their messaging and build something good for themselves, break ice, uh, break the ice somewhere uh, with the potential clients and do good for themselves? You, you know, AJ, you can't force comedy. You can't, uh, you can't force comedy any more than you can force sales. Right. Okay. The the consumer has to want the the product or need have a need for your product. You you could try. You could spin your wheels. You could do some very hard selling to try to convince them that they need something. And there's nothing wrong with sales efforts that try to get the person who needs something to recognize why or that they really do need something because it's possible they really do and they're just resisting or not or not accepting it. But we can't force jokes or a sense of humor onto the recipient of the joke any more than we can the teller of the joke. So a lot of my clients may not be particularly funny, but I think a lot of them, more of them, in fact, don't realize how funny they are. And it's not about being a comedian and, you know, yes, I, am I comfortable standing up in front of an audience? Yeah. But for example, my, my two older sisters, I have two older sisters. They're funnier than I am. They're, they're the funniest people that I know, but they, they would never go on stage. They just wouldn't. It's not, they don't, they are not, they, it's not that they don't necessarily want attention. I have one sister that I would say loves attention from her friends and from her family and another sister who doesn't really need it, but they're both very clever and very funny. And I think I'm funnier for having been raised alongside them and sparring with them all these years. But I think a lot of my clients are like that. They don't really want to perform but their humanity to go back to that and their sense of humor is stronger than they realize right right i i get your point harsh uh, but you see it's it's like 
a comedy is something very important and which can you know help uh, take your message to your audience if done right very very well a lot of brands i have seen in my experience uh, take the help of comedy when sometimes they don't have anything to speak now that i have i uh, when there, there's nothing to speak about the product i will not take names right. here but it happens now it's almost taking a refuge in that but to actually use comedy or humor in the right measure for the right message con- conveying of the message then it becomes a great leads to a great impact those brands or those people who want to use humor in the right manner and to convey how do they know firstly that of several emotions that a message can arouse in in their uh, audience or a, a target or the audience uh, what is it that uh, where they can use humor how do they know where that humor can come in or humor should not come in and something else has to be looked at how do you plan it out for your messaging right i uh, is, i'm writing a, a book now it's not all about comedy but it's about selling the truth it's called selling the truth in fact um i wish i had finished it by now or i would be selling the book and not just the the idea of the book or the truth but there's a chapter there's a chapter in it about comedy and the chapter is titled um how soon how soon is too far cuz people people will say uh you know too soon is it too soon to uh to make this joke or is this joke pushing too far and my answer is always think about the intent think about what you want the audience to feel because they're no different from you you know that's something i think that these days there's a lot of, uh, you know, we talk about cancel culture and comedians, are, right. you know, people Absolutely. are attacking, attack comedians on stage and people uh, and comedians don't want to play colleges anymore because college kids that don't don't seem to have patience for sense of humor or for another uh, tolerate another point of view. And so I think the best thing we can do is put ourselves in the shoes of the audience, of the consumer and we're trying to figure out well what do they what do they want or what can they handle what can they handle if uh if i'm selling diapers you know if i if i'm if i'm working with charmin and they're selling diapers and they want everybody to know how soft the diaper is how 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 much do parents w- want to laugh or find funny well i have five kids i can tell you that Parents need laughter. And to a parent who has been doing the job more than one day, everything's kind of funny because poop's no longer sacred, right? The the kid is going to probably at some point, if it's a boy, they'll pee in your face. And it's at some point you're going to have to get used to that. And I think that that's an area where we, I would say to the client, if it's a new, let's say a new toilet paper, and they have, you know, Charmin doesn't have to, doesn't need my help. They're, they're, they're huge already. But let's say it's a new toilet paper company. They're using recycled toilet paper and they're trying to 
uh, convey that they are maybe they're not even as soft as Charmin, but they're they're more uh, they're more um, uh, echo conscious and so forth. Just an example. I'm making it up. It's not I, mean, I don't know, know of a particular brand, but let's just say they want to they want to perhaps use that comedy, that idea that one day, one day into being a parent, you don't care anymore about being polite or being uh, proper or being appropriate. You just care about getting that smell away as far away from you as possible, cleaning that baby up, putting them to sleep for the few more minutes they'll sleep and then feeding them again. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. So I could see humor being used in there and you go through the process. Some You start out probably with the with the crudest joke and then you just kind of bring it back a little bit a little bit until it's like almost like a safe that you're cracking you know how you listen for the for the lock to click so it's the same thing with a combination for a safe and with comedy you're turning it you know you're waiting for it to go and that's where the joke works right Hirsch. But you you can say it easily because you can do it because you are the master uh, <laughs> and, and of, of this particular stuff. Yes. But but a lot of people not in trying to crack a joke or trying to be humorous uh, make a joke of themselves, and that is also a very thin line. For example, for example, uh, like when you're talking about diapers and all that stuff and kids, then there was this incident about Imodium about you and the police oh, yeah. officer. <laughs> okay, because why, why I mentioned this was that a lot of humor uh, in anything uh, comes from our daily life. Right. Some incident, something, where else will it, will it come from? And then if you want to use some humor then you also need to have that sensitivity. That's yes. only a person who, which ha, who not only understand humor, comedy, but also understand culture. Mm -hmm. And now uh, there is this thing called cancel culture. You have to also understand thing like this in today's time. Uh, because a lot of this uh, messaging is happening on social media. And lot of brands are communicating on social media for example in, in a in a position in a social media platform like twitter mm -hmm. now if you you got to be somewhere uh, a bit humorous some messaging has to be there too much seriousness perhaps may not sell much on twitter and then that is where your media team or social media team uh, will have to understand the messaging part Several times, of even of late, uh, a lot of people have uh, created memes and all that stuff about the type of messaging that brands have created uh, even during recent times. How would you tell brands, what would you tell brands in terms of, you know, using humor in messaging, especially, you know, uh, on, on social media? I would say that social media, and so, I'm glad you brought up social media, AJ, because Social media is social media is dangerous in a lot of ways. It's not that social media, it's not a person. Social media isn't good or bad. 
it's a tool and it could be a great tool, but it's dangerous because it's so immediate and there's so many people you don't know who's, you know, if I go to a comedy club, at least I have a sense of who's there. I can see the audience. I can get a sense of what their, what their mood is. Let's say I, let's say it was, uh, the air conditioner was broken and I go into a comedy club and it's a hundred degree heat in Arizona that day. And that's where I'm performing and they're miserable about the heat and they're cranky and this weight service is down one server and they're there. It's really not a good mood. And the last performer didn't, it didn't help. Right. So I know going in that I have to talk a certain way now with, with social media, you really don't, no, because the vibe can change from one minute, just like that. And I think the best advice to brands is understand that, number one, you're not going to, you know, having a million followers on social media isn't even the goal. It doesn't matter. We now, I'm not making this up. You know, this isn't my idea. This is just what we've learned. Uh Having a million followers on social media doesn't mean you're going to sell a million units. Uh, it just means that there's a there's a, a growing following for something, but it doesn't mean they're going to buy anything anyway. So what you really want is a following of people who appreciate your message. And so to start, the most important objective is clarity. And that may mean saying less and not being as funny or saying less and really being funny and seeing if it really, really works. But you, you're you not trying to, I don't think anyway, shock people into paying attention to you the way we might have in the, in the radio days of Howard Stern, right? Uh, shocking people got people, everybody looked up and got, now... People get shocked. You know, you could say the, the simplest thing, the nicest thing, the least objectionable thing, and people are shocked. Somebody's shocked because there's so many millions of people all sitting there. Everybody's sitting there ready for ready for you to, to cross a line, you know? So I think what, what we're dealing with with social media is, okay, calm, calm down, take a minute, Here's my, here's my message. And it's very, very short and it's very, very specific. And it's very, very directed at the people who I want as a brand, I want to get to pay attention and listen. And I only need those people. I don't need to appeal to everybody. Right, right, Hersh. Now let's look at this situation. Uh, there is there's, there are several companies which are doing into uh, into serious uh, business, uh, banking and so many other stuff. But social media is such that uh, you need a bit of humor several times. How does whoever decides this messaging uh, on social media on or even on the advertising line? Who looks after the brand as such, you know, brand custodians. Yeah. Is how should they uh, look at the messaging or the brand image? Should they try and find out what's 
funny about my brand or should they look at what how i can make my message funny uh because a brand can be having a very serious approach towards everything that they've been doing so how do you still bring those two two, two things together and don't dilute it uh especially you know as i said i'm taking social media again and again is that advertising is happening on the normal traditional channels but people are paying a lot of attention on uh, on on social media right. and that is where it, it it has that tendency to again go viral or also as part of you know that there is a lot of number of people who may just cancel it out and you may Ooh. never know yeah How well so as far as as far as uh you know, if someone is the the brand custodian is a good a good term. If it's the owner or it's the the founder or the CEO or the CMO, and their job is to really make sure that the message remains clear, then humor has to be used professionally. Essentially, their job isn't to be funny. If they are funny, and I have found that you know, that they may be really funny. It may work for the brand tremendously, but comedy is a tool. It, it's something that should be used. You know, it's, it's like fireworks, you know, that should be handled by somebody who knows how to, how to use it. And I think that, that the partnership is that by listening to them, they, I, I, I don't judge somebody, you know, based on how funny they are. I look at comedy as what it is, a tool. So if I'm talking to them, and I and this is very important because I work one-on-one -on -one with all my clients. Um, I may work one-on-one -on -one with every member of a leadership team or one-on-one -on -one with everybody at the company. I've been brought in for a, a week or weeks at a time to spend time with a very large organization's you know, uh, team. And then from getting to know them, we start to formulate what's special about the company. But my job is to listen more than anything. Listen to people, listen to their their concerns, their fears, their challenges, their passions, their loves, and what they want to accomplish. And I can use, I can find something funny, not, not by forcing it. I, I just, I keep this pad with me at my, at my desk all day, because as I'm talking to people, I'll, I'll think of something funny and it may not be anything to say at that moment. It may not be appropriate at that moment. It may not help at that moment, but then later I'll call them and I'll go, you know, you said something. And I, I, I immediately thought of this and maybe this is funny and maybe we should explore this. Now, if they don't get it, which doesn't happen very often, honestly, like I say, I think people are funnier than they realize. If they if they don't get it, they go, I don't find that funny. Then it's not for them. And we throw it away, you know, because the, they know the brand better than I ever will. What they What they don't have necessarily is the perspective that I have. They're not necessarily... Uh, far enough removed from it. They're like this looking at their logo and I'm over here. So I think, uh, you know, that's, it's a partnership. Right, Hirsch. Now, 
where do you come in uh, in the service of these companies or brands? Is it is it because they they come to you? Is it because you are a comedian who knows understands comedy, and they need 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 humor, or is it that they should come to you because uh, you are the message therapist? You understand messaging better. You also understand comedy very well, but then you know you want, as you say, that in order for me to win, someone else has to also yeah. win. So how yeah. why how should people look at you uh, to connect with you, and what are the things that they can connect with you? Not just about being a comedian and who can write good copy. How yeah. does it work with you? How it, how it works most often is that, and how I prefer that it work, is that they're really coming to me. It's the latter. They, they're really coming to me because I'm a message therapist, because I understand this stuff, because I've been in advertising for 20 years. That's, that's why they come to me. Uh, the unique aspect of my being a comedian and having a, a, a really uh, vital sense of humor, I think, and being able to not take myself seriously while still taking their uh, their business seriously and them seriously, but they can relax. I say to people sometimes, I, I like it to feel like, you know, when I'm doing the S Brand podcast or when I'm doing the Truth Tastes Funny podcast, the same thing, which Truth Tastes Funny is more of a human interest podcast. So I like them to feel like they're not, they're not, they don't have to pitch. They don't have to sell. They just have to talk to me. They just have to be themselves with me. And if I can disarm them, them that way and make them feel that comfortable, that's why we'll really get along and be able to help one another. But the, the comedy is, incidental in the sense that it it makes me who I am and I think it'll it really helps be authentic but I I don't I don't think they're like I I want this to be funny so I'm hiring that guy it right. does happen and I'm flattered and I think that's great but I don't think that it's specifically there like I don't brand myself as a comedy writer or a comedy copywriter and that's where that humor and humanity parallel comes in because it's like, I, I, it isn't, that's incidental. What's really important is who you are. What's really important is who your message, uh, what your message is. But we want to have a good time. We want to be comfortable with each other. And if I right. could just mention what you, to, uh, touch on what you, what you mentioned very uh, insightfully about, um, about how I, how I operate, um, I do think that the that the uh, the nature of a person is so much more important than uh, than the tool or what they what they use. I think that that is uh, is what was the phrase? It was one of my phrases that you actually quoted, but I I got lost in the. Uh, conversation about right. about um, in order wearing. for me to win, someone else. Has oh yeah, to right. Also win. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's funny because it's something I I started saying recently, and it was because I was asked to list some very important precepts of uh, of advertising and marketing uh, for a column. I was I was asked to write, and I said, 
I said, well, you know, a lot of people feel it's cutthroat. A lot of people feel it's a uh, cutthroat island out there. Everybody's for themselves. And I said, well, no, really, in order for me to win, someone else has to win too. And that's that's the client, that's the consumer. You know, it's about win, win, win. It's not about I win, you lose. If somebody loses, that's that's a failure, you know? Um, and I and I view I view competition that way. I don't I don't uh feel like I want to destroy my competitors. You know, I feel like we all raise each other up, you know? Right. Right. Hirsch. Tell yeah. us about this Yes brand so that, you know, uh, people know better about it. Knowing straight away from you will be much, much better. Okay. Thanks. Um, so I used to do improvisational comedy and there's a rule in improv called the Yes and rule. The yes and rule means that you make an offer, which is in in comedy, an offer is a suggestion or a, a proposed reality, um, a conceit. In, uh, in business, an offer is an offer. I'm selling three cars for $1,000 a piece. You know, it's an offer. So one improviser makes an offer. Uh, my offer is the, the, the coffee cups are, are float. The coffee cups are floating and everyone in the office is in danger of getting scalded. So I don't say, no, that's not happening. I say, yes. And there are marshmallows in there. They're all going to get stuck on our eyes. We won't be able to see anything if we don't stop the floating cups of coffee. Now I've escalated the humor and I've escalated the stakes. And so that's what yes brand is. Uh, a, the first, very first thing is that the client tells me their offer. What are they sharing with their consumer? What are they bringing to the table? What do they see in front of them? What do they want? And then I accept that because I'm not going to tell them they're, they're, they're wrong to want what they want or they're wrong about their brand. Like I said, they know their brand better than I, but there's something to be added. There's something constructive to be to be added. And that's where yes brand comes from. And it's, it's, it also, while it has its roots in humor, it really is about the positivity aspect, the yes, the openness, the willingness to try other things, to try new things, to accept new proposals and realities. So the openness of it is, uh, is something I've come to really love about the name. Right, Hirsch. Right. Now, two things here. A lot of people come to you for work and then there are queries. Uh, in terms of uh, humor, have you had ever to tell anybody that, listen, your brand is not, humor is not for your brand. You should better avoid it. Or how, how do you look at it? Because uh, it's very difficult to know for any single brand to know whether they should they can go walk with humor or not till they come to a specialist like you. Has it ever happened that uh, you have come to a situation that if they use humor in their messaging, then it may be not right or it hasn't happened till now? I haven't come across a brand that I would say definitively should not use humor. Uh, I look at it circumstantially. So if if people come to me as as they often do with 
um, a crisis or uh, uh, something they're concerned about PR wise? How do they how do they present okay. the situation or deal with the situation? And I will often suggest using humor in the right way. Like I say, you know, use use it use with care, use it, let a professional help you use it. But, um, but I will also often say, uh, yeah, this isn't, this is not the time to be funny or flippant. This is the time for very sensitive, very sincere tone. Don't leave any room for misunderstanding or, or, or confusion. And, uh, and I and I, I'm very, very clear about that because I think it isn't about what's appropriate or nice or good or it really is what's in here, what's the intent, what's the goal, and you know, how serious is the issue that we're dealing with? And then they'll be in a position to take your humor much, much better. You know, I think that I think that the time for humor may come, may well come. But when it does, they'll know, you know what, this brand isn't just, uh, you know, doesn't care about anybody. The brand just saw an opportunity to say, hey, you know what, this isn't that serious. This was, this isn't. Right, right. Uh, then you, you talk about it's all a matter of how we package the message. What do you mean by packaging in uh, in our messaging today? The message is the message is the core. The message is the beginning of everything, okay. and that's why I say before before you brand yourself, find yourself. You know, um, before you start saying putting messages out and putting banners together and putting taglines out on your packaging and all that stuff, figure out you know, who you are if you're a newer brand or you're reinventing your brand. So the package includes everything. The package includes the, the message, the personality. Also, there's a lot of layers, right? There's advertising to a consumer. There's B2B relationships. There's uh, inter-office communication. And what I hear a lot of times from brands is, you know, they, they, they do some amazing advertising and they'll say, Hirsch, um, we're really happy with our advertising. We really love our advertising, but our inter office communications are not at the same level as our ads. Our employees are not feeling as special as the consumer is feeling. And so we need to, if we're going to keep these employees happy and keep them on our team, we're going to need to start communicating better with them. So I will work with the advertising people and I'll work with the, uh, the um, C-suite and I'll work with the management. I'll say, okay, let's make sure that all the communication is, is at, a, at the right tone because the voice of the brand has to be consistent. So when I talk about a package, I mean that the voice of the brand really has to run through every channel. And that's, that's, I think in some cases unique. I think there's sometimes too many different departments and different chiefs, you know, and not enough people focusing on the connection. Writers, I think you you have shared quite a lot of insights and understanding of this whole uh, business of 
humor and messaging that's be, that's very very helpful now how do brands connect with you now it's a global world so people can connect uh, each other from anywhere so how do people connect with you what's the best way to connect with you thanks aj it's it's it, and i'm glad i'm glad to to be sharing insights that you feel are useful it's uh it's very fulfilling and it's a pleasure to speak with you i'm glad to finally be on the show it's so wonderful so thank you um i uh i think the best way to reach me is to go to uh getmessagetherapy.com uh if they want to go to uh, and there's ways to set up appointments there it's very easy to just get book a free kind of discovery call with me there um, you know, yes, brand method is another, is another way to go, but I think that right now is pointing to the new podcast. So I think, I think, um, I think get message therapy.com is the, is the, the easiest way to go. Um, and, uh, or just my name, hershrepoon.com and, um, and contact me there, talk to me and, uh, and let's, let's, let's have a really honest and a really uh, a fun discussion about what your what your challenges are and what your next level is that you really want to get to. Right, and do tell us about your podcast. You know, uh, truth is funny podcast, and I guess you are working on another one. Yes, yeah. So, truth tastes funny, which you can find at truthtastesfunny.com. Truth tastes funny came from the notion that we don't always like reality, which anyone who's been going through the last, you know, several years has had challenges and things we did, didn't like about the realities we were facing, but it's funny in the sense that it tastes a little weird, like medicine does in a way, but it's also funny in that if we just take a step back and, and really think about it, there's a release, a, a, a laughter to be had and needed. And so I wanted to both delve into realities that may be uncomfortable. And I, and I've, in the first season we've done, we started our second season already, you know, posting the episodes. So we're about 35 episodes into this show. And I've sp spoken to people about uh, mental health, suicide, uh, work, changing your entire career, changing your personality, um, uh, what was another topic, um, relationships as a parent, uh, you know, marriage, all kinds of stuff that comes up. That's very, uh, normal and natural, but can be uncomfortable drug addiction, things that, that are not funny topics, but there's a way of looking at it that is helpful and healing and often involves a little perspective, a little humor, and like I say, the right dose. You know, the right, the right uh, calibration of humor. Uh, it's it's a, it's supposed to be a good thing. It's supposed to be used for good. It's a healthy, it's a healthy thing. So that's where Truth Tastes Funny really came from. And then as I was doing that show and closing out the first season, I was like, you know. Yes, I have people on who are entrepreneurs and I have business people and coaches and all that, but I don't have a show that's really about the brand aspect of messaging. And that's what I do for a living. So many listeners were, were uh, writing in and saying, what do you like do? 
What do you do for a, you know, you can't just, just be a podcast host after 30 episodes. So, you know, what do you, what do you do like for a living? And so I thought, oh, well, I kind of do this message therapy and it, it, it came into focus because talking to people about these very serious issues and very personal issues, I realized that I was like, I, we started talking about in the beginning, kind of a therapist, kind of a confidant. And so I put that, put that together and I was like, okay, I have to do a, a, a podcast. And I talked to the, the network of podcasters called pantheon.fm that I joined with truth Taste funny. And I said, do you think this would be a great show? And they were like, Oh my gosh, yes, yes, definitely do this, add it to our network and we'll support you and we'll, we'll help you make, you know, make it, uh, come to fruition because they were instrumental in truth Taste funny. And, uh, and hopefully we'll have another successful podcast on our hands that helps a lot of people. Great. Great. My last question to you, Hars, is that you operate, as you say, in on one simple uh, principle, sell the truth. Are there takers for truth today? <laughs> oh, AJ, you know what? I think there are, there are takers for truth. It's almost like everybody wants ice cream and you run up to the truck and they give it to you and they want your money and you're like, okay, but it, this is ice cream, right? <laughs> is this really ice cream? Yeah, it's chocolate ice cream. It's a, it re really? Is it? Re and, we, and then we taste it and we still don't even know. And so the, the hunger, the desire for truth is totally there. So my theory is, and it's not only my theory, because you'll hear a lot in, in advertising and marketing, people talking about authenticity, how, how, how the next generation of consumers is, is very interested in authenticity. They don't want to be lied to. They don't want to be hustled. So all I know is we do know what our personal truth is. You know, I, I know if I stub my toe, I know it hurts and I know I stubbed my toe. And no one's going to tell me that that didn't happen. So I can share about that. If I make a product and I use this ingredients and I use this workforce and I treat my employees this way, I also know that's true because I'm doing it. So I can package that truth in a way that really conveys my sincerity and who I am. So I love working on that level because I can't control global truth. I can't control or verify a lot of what's going on in the world, but I think people want it because who doesn't, you know, yeah, some people want to be lied to. They do. They want to fool themselves, but that's not the business that I'm in. Business I'm in is people want something. They're almost desperate for it. People want to provide it. They're almost desperate to provide it, but the two people won't find each other if the truth isn't there. So, that's where my mission of of selling the truth is really palpable and i and i do think to your question uh there are there are a lot of takers for it right thank you thank you harsh for your answer to this you have actually put it very very well thank on you this note, on this note it's a wrap on this very special edition of the kj masterclass live thank you so much once again 
first for the time. Thank you, AJ. It's been an absolute pleasure.